Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode six of our Professional Perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Seneca Dunmore. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they're doing in their communities. We recently launched our Professional Perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Coin the pint-sized powerhouse for her infectious energy, audacious tenacity, and indelible ability to captivate audiences through relevant and riveting storytelling, Seneca is an international speaker, global influencer, power coach, philanthropist, and advocate of all of Africa. Seneca has traveled to five continents, more than 40 countries, and has been featured in national and international publications like the New York Times, Essence Magazine, and Africella. Ms. Dunmore has given talks to foreign dignitaries in countries as far as South Africa and some of the most distinguished institutions of higher learning like the University of Ghana and the University of Houston. Seneca is on her track to complete her doctorate in education administration with a focus in higher education by winter of 2021. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. Ms. Denmore, we are super thrilled to have you with us today. Are you ready to begin? Yes, thank you. So why don't you start off by telling um, your educational endeavors are in three different disciplines, science, yes. technology, and education. How then did you become an international speaker and coach to other speakers? Yeah, you know, that's always the million dollar question that I'm asked because, you know, I did my bachelor's at Tuskegee University in biology, my master's at Texas Southern University in information technology, and I'm on track to complete my doctorate. But when I was at Tuskegee University, um, as a freshman, I started having digestive issues that just kind of came out of nowhere. And I was going to see all these different gastroenterologists trying to figure out what was wrong and nobody can make a diagnosis. That led to years of throwing up and one day going in for uh, a simple outpatient procedure, the endoscopy, where they stick that long tube down your throat to see if there's any cancer or polyps. Well, they couldn't get the tube down because my throat was so strictured. So they tried to dilate it and it ruptured. So I woke up from the procedure with a ruptured esophagus, bleeding internally, and now oh being God. surrounded by all these different doctors and anesthesiologists and surgeons. And they're telling me, you know, well, Ms. Dunmore, um, we've got a problem. We noticed you had a really tight stricture. We tried to dilate it and it ruptured. And now you're bleeding internally. We need to get you into surgery. And so I'm literally rushed into surgery. I come out of surgery three hours later, completely blind. And that, um, and about four days later, my sight came back after I was moved out of ICU into my own room. And then that night I was accidentally overdosed on morphine by one of the nurses. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was telling people like, you just can't even make this stuff up. And so, but for years, I never talked about what I went through because I was, it was, I was ashamed of it. And on some level, every time I talked about it, I had to relive it. And so um, one day I, I was moving back from DC to Houston and joined a new church and decided to kind of give my testimony one day. And my women's ministry director was like, oh my God, you need to tell more people that story. And literally I kept being invited to different conferences and women's workshops and retreats to tell my story. And a light bulb went off one day like, why not I get paid to speak? And literally, I walked away from my corporate job in October of 2014, started my motivational speaking business in 2015, and by 2016, I was on international stages. That's 
Wow. That is such a story to tell people. (laughs) I mean, it went from digestive problem to motivational speaking, which is amazing. You never know where life is going to take you. I think that's for sure. Um, But being able to convert something that happened to you, a personal experience, and create that into something good for other people, I think that's just astronomical. Like, that's amazing. Um, Yeah, I always tell people my my calling, um, I didn't find it, it found me. And so I would have never thought, you know, I would have never signed up to go through all that to say I'm a motivational speaker, but that is just how it happened. Well, I mean, I think I can relate on a certain sense. I actually just came back from another webinar um, where I was talking about my experience with cyberbullying and okay. kind of the same, the same sense, right? I didn't want to share my experiences at first. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed of it. Yeah. Um, and then I got to this point where I was like, I think more people need to hear about it. But Absolutely. Um, as, as an 18 year old girl going to college um, as an undergraduate next year, I think I can learn from people like you, Seneca. Um, it's yeah. amazing what you're doing as a motivational speaker. Thank and you. I, hope, I hope it reaches a lot of people. Um, so you obviously volunteer a lot, but aside from running your own business, um, how important is volunteering and giving back to the community to you? You know, I think everybody has a moral, a civic, and a fiduciary responsibility to give back and, you know, to give back to the communities that raised mm-hmm. you, but also to give back abroad. So, you know, in 2012, I started volunteering with an organization called Bethel's Bova Reach. And since then, I've been on about five international missions with them, uh, mostly in Kenya and Angola. And it has been the most phenomenal experience. You know, I always tell people, you don't know true love until you're helping someone who has nothing to give you in return, right? So when we go out there, you know, we're spreading, you know, it's a nonprofit 501c3 organization. And so we're going out there spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ by way of providing humanitarian relief. And a lot of that relief comes in the form of these medical camps and healthcare camps where uh, different tribes can receive access and get access to healthcare that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. And I absolutely love it. Um, I, I tell people, as long as God keeps me healthy and sane, I will continue to do that for the rest of my life because I know that I'm called to do that work. And I understand what he what he means when he says, you know, many are called, but few are chosen. And I feel like I'm one of the called and chosen few. So I love it. I, I feel like everybody has a responsibility to give back. And even if you can't, you know, go as far as Africa and, you know, South America and all these, you know, beautiful places, you know, you can serve right here in your communities. There's there's tons of communities right now because of COVID-19 who are struggling and you know, lots of single moms who are trying to figure it out and kids at home who've never been at home, you know. And so, you know, volunteerism can come in many forms. So it doesn't have to be something as, you know, historic and philanthropic as, you know, traveling the world. It can be something as simple as, you know, helping your neighbor across the street who is, you know, stressed and overwhelmed and and needs a helping hand. Yeah, yeah. And for sure, giving back definitely starts within the house, right? The more you give back, starting with your own family members, you get that sense of satisfaction and you start growing that sense of satisfaction of just helping other people without getting anything in return, like you mentioned. That's right. Um, And I think the more people start to do that, the more going to, they're more, they're going to realize that it's an amazing thing to do. Um, Oh, very much so. And we can go into a community effort of everyone helping each other. Uh, But Seneca, you definitely touched your your toes in a lot of different sectors, be it medical sectors, the motivational speaking, humanitarian aid. I mean, it's definitely taken you internationally, but Where has your volunteer experience taken you either physically or emotionally for you? 
You know, um, it's one of the, it's very personal to me uh, mm -hmm. because it's something, you know, it, because I've served in places where individuals need um, health care and don't have access to it. And, and, and it's very personable for me because I know what it feels like to sit in a hospital, not have insurance, not know how you're going to pay for these tests, but needing the help, right? And knowing yeah. like, oh, I yeah. can't walk away. I need this service. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to make it happen. So I, I know the vulnerability and how desperate that feels because I've been in that place before. When I had surgery, I did not have uh, insurance at the time. So when I walked away from that hospital, I walked away with a $74,000 medical bill on top of, you know, the anesthesia and, you know, medical, you know, um, prescription drugs and things like that. So, I mean, I was walking away with almost an $85,000 bill. And I wrote a letter one day to the hospital and told them that, hey, I don't have the money to pay. And they wrote it all off. So, wow. you know, that was something I never had to pay. And so because of moments like that, I'm so grateful. And I feel I have, you know, a duty to just give back. And emotionally, you know, it really touches my heart. It, um, you know, it's more than just physical. And I've been all over the world. I've been to Asia, India, South America, Europe, you know, um, you name it, I've been there. But, you know, every time I step into those places, you know, I come with my full self and my full heart, because it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It really isn't like volunteerism is not for the faint of heart. You really have to have a level of selflessness and altruisticness about yourself um, where you can look at someone else and despite their current situation, still want to, you know, give more yeah. than, sure. than you're asked of. So, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's more than it has taken me more places than just physical, emotionally, psychologically. It has it puts me in such a beautiful place and I love it. Wow. That's amazing. And I think your story kind of goes back to the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would want done to yourself. So when oh, you definitely. experience that selflessness of the hospital people um, helping you through that bill and recovering you free of costs, uh, I yeah. think it's only right. And what you've done exactly is to give back to the communities that need that help yes. without being able to give anything in return. Absolutely. Um, but kind of changing notes here, um, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and yeah. a bunch of civil unrest, especially in the United States. So yeah. how has that affected you personally and professionally? And what are you going to do to affect change in your immediate community? Um, it has definitely, I think, taken a toll on everybody, right? We're all dealing with a new normal. And I think there's a lot of people who are expecting things to go back to the way they used to be pre-COVID. But I think we're just going to be operating in a, a whole new vein moving forward. And we just have to understand and realize that. Um, it, it has definitely affected me emotionally and physically. I mean, for a couple of weeks I had trouble sleeping and, uh, and I never have trouble sleeping. So that's how I knew it was really getting under mm -hmm. my skin. I yeah. was having trouble sleeping. I live right downtown in Houston. And so, you know, to actually see with my, my own eyes, the rioting and, you know, the fires and police just swarming everywhere. I mean, it just had me on edge for weeks and, you know, um, while I'm, I've been doing my doctorate, I did an internship with the Center for Justice Research on the campus of Texas Southern University. And so they are all about, you know, bringing justice and, and you know, 
to our communities. And so having a chance to work with them and to do research around, you know, school to prison pipeline and, you know, mass incarceration and, you know, appropriate caseload numbers for public defenders and prosecutors, because most people don't understand that a lot of um, criminal cases never go to trial. They end up in, you know, plea bargains and things like that. So just being able to do that type of work and, you know, was just amazing because I was on the front end of it. So it wasn't like I was just being a spectator and watching things play out on TV. It was like I was actually behind the scenes and doing the research and on the ground with the community. And so I think, you know, to really affect change, you have to get involved. You really have to. You have to get involved. Yeah. Wow. Um, And I think that's something more people need to hear, right? Uh, This goes back to, I was talking to a few friends the other day and they're like, yeah, we're, we're socially woke. I think that's like the new term now. We're socially right. woke. We're, we're posting online. Um, exactly. I'm forwarding petitions to my friends. As, as great of a first step that is, it's, yes. it's simply not enough. And, and I love that the generation is taking that first step um, where a lot of generations wouldn't. But we need to push the fact that you need to get personally involved. You need to start taking action real tangible effects in your community um and that goes far beyond simply posting while that is a good first step um more of us need to realize that getting your hands dirty is the way that change happens Um, absolutely that that real effect yeah so absolutely i mean i think i think what we're spreading is amazing and i hope it reaches as many people as possible so we can build together and rally up together a team of change makers Okay. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so why don't you talk to us about one life-changing experience that you've had that's totally shifted your perspective on life and made you um, this humanitarian motivational speaker? You know, um, I, I'll never forget, I was in Kenya. It was 2013. And I, I remember we were at church. It was a Sunday and they were having like their church service outside. and so. I remember my pastor asking their community and their pastors, hey, what do you need from us? What can we offer you? What can we help you? What can, what can we give you? And they said, could you pray for rain? Now, mind you, we've got money, we've got resources, we've got tons of you know, physical and tangible things, but they didn't want any of that. They simply wanted us to pray for rain because they were going through a drought. It had been a drought for like two or three weeks. And of course, they depend a lot on the land. And so the crops were dying. And so that's their, that's their commerce, you know? And I remember that evening once we left and we had dinner and I just remember sitting outside, sipping my tea and, you know, just finishing dinner and um, just kind of looking out in the sky. And it was a, it was a clear sky, you know, no clouds. And off Mm -hmm. in the distance, all I saw was this little bitty tiny cloud. And literally, I just remember I was restless and I was tired and I was just like, okay, I'm about to go to bed. And I just remember this still small voice saying, sit down. And so I sat down and literally everybody just kept getting up, retiring for the night, going to their, you know, bedrooms and everything. And I was literally the last one left. And of course, the the servants, you know, the waitress and waiters, they can't leave until I leave. And so I'm out there just staring into this, you know into the skyline for hours. And I just watched this little bitty cloud roll in and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, it was a full cloud over our heads and it just poured down raining. Oh my God. 
And when I say that was one of those most powerful moments, because I just remember how fervently we prayed at that moment for rain to come, you know? And I mean, we all gathered around and it was hundreds of us just praying for rain. And literally that evening, rain came. And so I, you know, that taught me the power of prayer. It taught me the power of community. It, it taught me the power of, you know, like-minded individuals coming together around one common purpose and really manifesting that. So that, you know, every time I see rain now, I get excited. So I'm never bothered by the rain. You know, here in, you know, in, in America, we're always like, oh, the rain is ruining oh, yeah. my plans. Yep. <laughs> but, I, but for them, the rain is a sign of blessing. So every time I see rain now, I get excited. That moment just changed my life. Wow. And yeah, whether you're spiritual or religious or want to believe in merely coincidences, I think these like higher being experiences yes. are what brings the community get community together to somewhat some degree, right? Um, yeah, it's really just we're all working towards a common cause. Right. And once you see that cause being achieved, then you truly believe that when you put minds together, anything is possible. Absolutely. And that's I think that's the importance of rallying everyone together. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to. Um, it's just, you know, it's teamwork. How they say makes the dream work, right? It, it takes mm -hmm. more than just one person doing it by themselves. If, you know, if everybody does something, then one or two people doesn't have to do it all, right? If we all oh, yeah. put the plow, if everybody makes a contribution, if, if everybody gets involved, then none of us feel overwhelmed and overworked. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue to one of my favorite mantras. Okay. Think big, act small. Um, and so what I mean by that is have big visions, right? Yes. Think about the future in a big light, but act small, do your part and make everyone else do their part. And yes, small, absolutely. small things together will eventually amount to that big goal. But Seneca, what's, what's one of your favorite quotes? You know, my favorite quote is um, by Frederick Douglass. And it says, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Wow. And so, and we're seeing that, you know, um, I grew up in a community where, you know, most people didn't grow up in a two-parent household. I was lucky and fortunate enough to grow up in a two-parent household. My parents had been married for 53 years, so I didn't know anything different. But I, when I looked around my community and I saw so many, you know, broken men and so many broken children because they didn't grow up in that type of community and they were always searching for something, right? They were always looking for that other piece of themselves, you know, mm -hmm. because we get our identity from our, you know, from our families. And so, so I love that quote because again, if we start, you know, while they're young, you know, and teaching them, you know, principles and, and, and to operate out of integrity and excellence, then we don't have to try to fix things now when they're already this big oak tree and it's hard to, yeah. you know, make adjustments then. So yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes by Frederick Douglass. Wow, that's amazing. And we yeah. do have time for one last question. Sure. What are, what's next for you? What's next in your professional endeavors? You know, I, I definitely want to do more international and because of COVID, you know, things are kind of shut down right now. But, you know, I recently started a coaching business, the Powerhouse Professionals Mentorship Mastermind yeah. Program. Yeah. And I love it because I'm teaching other speakers how to, you know, get into the speaking business because for me, it has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, and like I said, I've been on stages from New York to the coast of South Africa and everywhere in between. And so I'm teaching others how to do that. And I feel like that's one of 
the ways that I give back. Because again, I've, I've learned all these different tools and tricks and, you know, resources and strategies. And I've been to so many different conferences and workshops. And so mm -hmm. I've just kind of accumulated all this great information over the years. And now I'm giving that information away and I'm showing people how to do the same thing so that they can live their best life. Because for me, I live for freedom, right? You know, it's great to provide a, a great life for yourself financially, but it's even better when you have the freedom and the flexibility to just live your life on your terms. Yeah. Wow. That's a great note to end on. And Seneca, I hope to follow in your footsteps. Um, I think you're very inspirational and I will be attending UT Austin in the spring, not the fall, unfortunately, but hopefully if we're both at Texas at the same time, we can meet up and you can tell me more about all your adventures. I'd love to. Awesome. You can find more um, about Seneca's work on our Instagram platforms at Seneca.Dunmore and at Powerhouse Professional. That's all we have for today, unfortunately, but be sure to look out for more episodes on our professional perspectives on What Cause Inspires You series. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world. Thank you. Thank you.